You're listening to the voice of the future, fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in here on the Red Future Radio Network. Very excited to be with you all today. Here once again on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday episode because I I was compiling articles and I do that out through the week. I do from Friday to Monday for the Monday program and Tuesday to Thursday for the Thursday program. And I compiled about 10 things to talk about already. And I'm like, we're not going to make anywhere towards the the time I try to hit during our regularly scheduled program if we don't do a special program tonight. So a special edition of the Conservative Crusader here on the Red Future Radio Network. Starting off with some breaking news regarding Ohio. Neil Peterson has officially ended his campaign for governor. He's not trying to appeal the court's decision or anything like that. They just threw out the case. He couldn't really appeal anything. The moment we received the news from the Secretary of State's office that our signatures were deemed insignificant, our team launched an extensive and thorough audit of the petitions of all 88 counties in Ohio. We also filed a writ of mandatus against the Secretary of State with the Supreme Court, to which they responded last week. We received notice that we had 72 hours to file a merit brief with the court. With the resources and manpower we have, it simply was not possible to submit the document in the limited time allowed. Therefore, our case had been dismissed by the court. I want to go on record and say that we did not lose. We were not defeated, and we did not fail. We have been denied the opportunity to compete. My candidacy has revealed fundamental flaws as well as the intentional pitfalls that are plaguing Ohio's election system. They are in place to deliberately stifle the independent and citizen candidates from seeking office, therefore silencing the voice and the will of the people. Now is the time for us to take action so that we as citizens of Ohio can join together and correct these issues. Even though I am no longer seeking the office of governor in 2022, this fight continues and the work is far from over. I want to thank you, all of our supporters that have helped this campaign. Words can express how thankful we are for your incredible support over the past year. All I ask of you to, is to stick with us because we need you now more than ever. Our journey is just beginning. Let's not forget the Ohio motto. With God, all things are possible. Mark ten twenty seven. May God bless you, and may God bless the great state of Ohio. That was the statement from Neil Peterson, the only independent candidate vying the office of governor in Ohio. So there is no independent on the ballot. It is just Mike DeWine and just Nan Whaley, and I want to thank you, um, Neil Peterson, publicly for, for our friendship and our our conversations here on the program and private and just having me at your events and everything like that. It was a great pleasure to get to know you. I hope you stay in touch, and I hope you stay on the fight for our state just because you lost one race or you weren't even given the opportunity to compete in one race doesn't mean it's time to stop. So thank you for fighting for this state, and I hope you continue fighting for this state just like someone who we're going to talk about next will continue fighting for the country. Because the Department of Justice has admitted they overcollected evidence in Trump's raid, and it creates new legal drama. So Trump made a statement on Truth Social. Let me pull that up really quickly so I can try to find it. But he pretty much claimed they took three different passports. Um, there's a security vo- uh, footage, one we could talk about later. But he had a, a post in his Truth Social that mentioned, here it is. In the raid of the Mar- by the FBI of Mar-a-Lago, they stole my three passports, one expired along with everything else. This is an assault on political opponent at a level they've never seen before in our country, third world. 
this was released. There's not an exact... Oh, there is. It was at 1.22 p.m. yesterday. So right before we began talking about the program, we obviously missed it before we began hosting the program. And right before that, right right after that, I mean, right here, it was 6.55, so about eh, five hours later to the minute. According to a DOJ official, the FBI is not in possession of former President Trump's passports. Trump has accused the FBI of stealing the three passports during the search of his Mar-a-Lago home. That was from Nora O'Donnell on CBS, who's a who's a major fake news fake news person. But if they took his passports, and they did, by the way, and we'll get into that in a second from just the news. They took his passports. And what does that mean? Is he a flight risk? Are they afraid he's going to flee the country because of this persecution? I would. So, so they took his passports, three of them. Two of them were valid, and you have that for numerous reasons. If you've been to Israel and you were going to go to Iran or somewhere else like that, you would have to have the passport, a separate passport, because certain countries won't recognize passports. I've been to other countries if they don't recognize the country. It's a big fiasco. I, I'm not a passport guy. I don't have a passport. I'm never planning on traveling out of the country. But that's how that goes, and... And Donald Trump's passports were seized, whether Nora O'Donnell says they were or not. This is a piece from, who is this written by? John Solomon, the editor-in-chief, I believe, of JustTheNews.com. Three passports, privileged documents, a file on a presidential pardon, as evidence surfaces about what FBI agents seized during their raid of former President Donald Trump's estate in Mar-a-Lago. New questions about the real focus on the investigation and new avenues for legal challenges are bubbling to the surface. The Justice Department informed Trump's team Monday that agents gathered the former president's passports and are obligated to return them, and that officials are also reviewing seized materials that may be covered by various privileges, multiple sources told Just the News. DOJ has designed a process for separating materials that could have been covered by executive privilege or attorney-client privilege and hopes to return such memos to Trump within a couple of weeks, the sources said. So... If this was a raid on Barack Obama's home for any reason, and I'm not saying there should be, I mean, there probably should be, but besides the point, if this was a raid on Barack Obama's home, and they took his personal passports, and they took documents about presidential pardons, and they took private documents, the left, the Occupy Democrats, the Republicans Against Trumpism on Twitter, uh, Midas Touch would be running these advertisements, we need to make sure that that the executive privilege is protected. We need to make sure that Barack Obama is protected. Against the same thing they'd be doing against Donald Trump. And in that case, Barack Obama should be protected. If it's not on the warrant, if it's not on the document that they have to take it for whatever reason, then they couldn't just call the, the Secret Service or Trump's team and ask for it. But if it's not on the paper, they can't take it. And taking his passports, his personal passports, because he might be a flight risk, is, first off, it's it's negligence. But it also just, it doesn't add up. It's pretty obvious Trump flies private. He has that big black Trump plane with the Trump name on the side of it. He's not going to fly public. The passport is not as much of a necessity when you fly private. So I, I don't know what they're planning on doing there, but but they took his passport, his personal passport, for, for some reason, but they're returning it supposedly, but they, they've overcollected. Um, one official said Monday night, occasionally a warrant collected can grab things outside of the scope authorized by the court and the department is now following a procedure. It would for any person affected this way. 
Kevin Brock, who served as FBI Assistant Director for Intelligence under former President or former Director, I'm sorry, Robert Mueller, said the new re- uh, revelations raise legitimate questions about overcollection of evidence. It could lead to significant legal challenges. Trump lawyers are weighing whether to ask a federal court to name a special master to review sensitive documents and protect the president's Fourth Amendment's executive and attorney-client privileges. Trump's attorneys could have a runaway to argue the scope of their search is overly broad, Brock told Just the News. Search warrants normally require a level of specificity uh, specificity <laughs> that seems to be missing from this warrant. Uh, specificity is important to order in order to protect Fourth Amendment rights from exuberant government overreach designed to find whatever they can. And that is the story. So if you are a private citizen, this wouldn't make as big of news. But there's nothing stopping them, and maybe there is legally, but if there's nothing really stopping the FBI, your personal fire department or, you know, uh, sheriff's department, and these people from just going into your house and taking whatever they want. There's nothing stopping them. You could sue, but good luck. And is this a systemic problem within the FBI? Is this a common problem that they go into private homes of private citizens and take whatever they feel like taking, whether it's in the warrants or not? If this is inherent, if this is a common problem, we've got a lot of work to do. If this is a common problem, if this happens a lot, we, as the right wing, and we, as the people who will be taking power, complete power, in 2025, obviously power of Congress this year, but in in 2025, taking power of the White House as well, we have to make major reforms. And I'm talking not even just, uh, let's defund them or let's make these new laws Maybe it needs entirely abolished and rebuilt from the ground up. There's a lot of things we have to do right. And there's a lot of things that we'll have the opportunity to do when we retake power. But it's just unbelievable how they're treating Donald Trump and how they've treated many political prisoners. But, but really, how are they supposed to, to to take these documents and then fact check them right away, five hours later? Oh, no, that's not true. He lied. Uh, he lied to his supporters. Got an, an insane amount of impressions on Twitter. Nora O'Donnell's tweet, which still hasn't been taken down, by the way. It's still public. It got 41.7 thousand likes on Twitter. Over 10,000 retweets. I'm not exactly sure what Donald Trump's truth social post received. But I'm sure it wasn't nearly 41,000 likes. I mean, his, his post got a lot. But Nora O'Donnell spreading fake news, and we know CNN's fake news. We know or, or CBS is fake news, which the uh, CBS. Oh, I guess it did. It got one thousand, four thousand more likes than her post. Uh, Trump's Truth Social posted. Thank you for that. But that's besides the point. The the fake news will do anything they can to silence President Trump, and now it's going to direct elements of the federal government. We spoke yesterday about how the FBI, and not FBI, but the, the CNN, the other three-letter agencies, the news organizations, are meeting with Chinese officials. Chinese propagandists from their propaganda wing of the Chinese Communist Party, they've met. They're involved in their narratives. They push on their, on their channels. CNBC, CNN, I believe it was the Associated Press as well. I mean, this news isn't in favor of us. And the FBI isn't in favor of us. We have no one on our side in, in the mainstream. The entire mainstream has been corrupted by the swamp. 
to go against us, against Donald Trump, against our movement, for, for seemingly no reason. Taking his three passports, not one passport, not two passports, all three of them, one of which expired, with everything else they took that was out of the warrant. As Donald Trump said, this is an assault on a political opponent and a level never seen before in our country. Absolutely third world. And he's absolutely right. I don't know what we're going to do. Truly, we need to rebuild from the ground up. Take this, do it again. Not not the country, but, but a lot of institutions. If the FBI can't be trusted, we can't do the FBI. We, we, we can't keep the FBI. If we are going to to keep these institutions around, there has to be a lot of reform. And I don't even know if that's possible at this point. Awfully late to reform something that's so ingrained into our culture and so ingrained into our country. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. This is The Conservative Crusader. All right, ready for $20 billion in new taxes. Hey, it's GOP Josh. Welcome back to the Conservative Crusader. Our phone number, 57-GOP-JOSH-7. That is 57-4675-6747. Call us. Tell us what you think on the news of the day. And we might even play your call on the air. Our text line is the same number, 574-675-6747. And you can also email us, josh at gopjosh.com. Let's hop right into this. The Inflation Reduction Act will cost the middle class $20 billion in new taxes, according to the Congressional Budget Office, which is supposed to be a nonpartisan organization. An analysis by the CBO estimates those earning less than $400,000, the group on which Biden promised not to raise taxes, will pay an estimated $20 billion more in taxes over the next decade as a result of the Democrat-pushed $740 billion package which sets aside, sets aside $80 billion to hire 87,000 IRS agents. Uh, the bill has yet to be scored in its entirety by the CBO, which typically gives each piece of legislation a price tag before it's voted on, but it was been voted on and passed. Biden has signed the bill. It has passed both the House and the Senate. It was a budgetary measure, so it did not have to pass the 51-vote filibuster or the 60-vote filibuster. And it was able to be passed with a tie-breaking vote from uh, Kamala Harris. It was a completely partisan vote, down to the numbers. Every single Republican voted against every single Democrat in in both chambers. And I want to highlight something really quickly when it comes to those IRS agents, the $87,000. Their average salary is $81,456 for an IRS agent. A police officer makes about $55,117. If you put a police officer in every public school in the nation, 97568 paying them the average $55,117, you could put one in every public school and still have $1,709,012,819 left over, which is enough to pay 31,000 more police officers. They're not after safety and security. They are after you. That is from the Clay County Sheriff's Office. I'm not sure what state that's in. It is a phenomenal post, and, and it's absolutely true. They're not interested in helping you and I. They're not interested in helping protect our kids in school. 
They're not interested in this and that. They're interested in making sure that they get every penny they can milk from you. If you get $601 in a Venmo account, good luck. Because they can use deadly force and they will. So, uh... Uh, Crapo proposed an amendment that would have kept those taxpayers from being targeted by the new IRS hires, but his provision was shot down 5150 in the bill passed by the Senate last week. Everything was so partisan on the lines. It's incredible. How much more are they going to try to pack into a a um, budgetary bill to make sure that it can pass without a filibuster? How does this... I understand the budget's important, but how does this pass the filibuster? This is a policy. This is not budget. This is policy. And it's policy hurting the middle class and hurting your average Americans, including the person listening to this. I'm sure I don't think we have that many people listening listening to this program that make over $400,000 a year. If we do, hi, uh, we're looking for sponsors in the program. Email me, redfuture at gopjosh.com. We're looking for sponsors if you'd like to help out the program. Speaking of which, I forgot to mention it, patreon.com slash gopjosh. You can help the program for as little as $3 a month. In this bill, like I said, purely partisan. That includes Tim Ryan in Ohio, who is running on lowering inflation, lower taxes, voted with Trump on trade, this and that, and a Republican state. He's running against J.D. Vance. He is a congressman that's still in Congress, and he voted for the bill. Ohio Democratic Tim Ryan enthusiastically voted for the Democrats' Inflation Reduction Act, which is the Inflation Expansion Act, which analysts uh, show will increase taxes on the middle class despite repeated calls for lowering taxes on the middle class. He's been outspoken about lowering taxes, especially on the campaign trail as he runs to take the open Senate seat in the Buckeye State. Quote, I've been calling on the administration and anyone else who will listen to bring an immediate tax cut to Congress for us to pass. Unquote. Ryan said on Fox News in May. Quote, the earned income tax, the child tax cut that we had in the last year, advanced this so it's going to consumers, he continued, and a general tax cut for workers and maybe small businesses to put money in their pockets. And I, I, I want to play this this commercial from Tim Ryan. It was called his Neighborhood Commercial. Remember this one? I think we played it on the, played it on the program before. Growing up around Youngstown, my mom raised us on her own. This whole neighborhood felt like family. So when Obama's trade deal threatened jobs here, I voted against it. And I voted with Trump on trade. I don't answer to any political party. I answer to the folks I grew up with and the families like yours all across Ohio. I'll work with either party to cut costs and pass a middle-class tax cut. Liar, liar, pants for hire, <laughs> like, like in SpongeBob. He said in another ad, this one, these are all from Fox News compiling them for us. I'll play this ad as well. Defunding the police is way off the mark. We need more cops, not less. My party also got it wrong on the trade deals that sent your jobs overseas. I've always fought those working against you. That's why I'll take on China to bring jobs back to Ohio and fight for a tax cut that puts more money in your pocket. So I have a question for Tim Ryan. Do you have to be a senator to fight for these tax cuts? You have to be a senator to fight for these bills that you can propose and these amendments you can propose? Because you're in Congress right now. You're in a position of power right now. You can do exactly what you want in the seat you are in right now. There is nothing stopping him besides his personal party and his personal affiliation. Remember that, Ohio. And we are going to move on to Andrew Yang, because I want to get to this. It's a kind of a funny clip. If you have a political party, usually there's some basis where you have to, I don't know, believe something. You can't usually just fly by the seat of your pants and create a party that's supposed to take down everyone else and be a third party that makes everyone happy. But Tim Ryan, or Andrew Yang, a Democrat, is making this party with former Republicans, uh, rhino Republicans, they're not Republicans anymore anyway, they voted for Biden, I'm sure. But they're starting this new forward party that will probably 
hurt the Democrats even worse. But but this is funny. Acosta or Jim Acosta had a accosted Andrew Yang on CNN. Play the clip. On both sides, but you're going to have to come up with policy really positions. Negative results, right? We but just Andrew, need a better system. Yeah, but Andrew, you're going to have to have policy uh, positions at some point. How does the forward party feel about Roe versus Wade? Should it have been overturned? Well, I personally uh, think that women's reproductive rights are fundamental human rights. But the forward party has uh, not left or right, but forward stance on even the most divisive and contentious issues. Well, what does that mean? Don't you have to take a position on something? You Don't you have to take a position of- on something? You can't just say, well, I, you well, know, this like- is a hot button issue, so I'm not going to take a position on you. You know, if you want to run the country, you're going to have to make some hard decisions, Andrew. Uh, again, the forward party is about that common sense consensus majority view, which is very clear on abortion. It's clear what about on guns. What guns. about it's assault weapons? Climate change. It's actually clear on just about every issue under the sun. Should 18 year olds be able to buy AR-15s? AR because of the nature of our system. Should 18 year olds be able to buy AR-15s? Again, the common sense consensus majority is that there should be some uh, rules around background checks and access to, to firearms. But we're not getting any of these things, Jim, because the two party system does not need to deliver. But it doesn't sound like you're taking any hard positions. It sounds like you're trade power. It sounds like you're you're sort of a fill in the blank party. You're, you know, if if somebody wants a, a, a party with no clear policy positions, you're it. But unfortunately, in the real world, in the real world, you have to take a position on something. Well, we're for the common sense consensus. And that's the end of the clip. So if you are creating a political party, one of the big things is having a platform, unless you're the Ohio Republican Party, of course. But usually you have to have a platform to be a party, right? You can't just be, I like you. You're a friend of mine. Let's let's make this party together and help save our country or whatever else they want to do. I mean, it's not it doesn't work. (laughs) I mean, you have to have some sort of policy. You have to have some sort of something for you to believe in. And Andrew Yang was kind of the the guy to take down Trump. So many Trumplicans will vote for Andrew Yang in the in the general because they like his policy better. He he's been a socialist. He's crazy. He's radical. But but he's doing his forward party because he lost the nomination twice. He, he I'm pretty sure he lost the nomination for um for for New York mayor by less than he did the the nomination for president of the Democratic Party. So he's furious with the Democratic Party. He's not the one that, that's running. And he, he's not the president. So he's furious. He, he's splitting up the party. It's hilarious. Hope it works well for him. Well, in, in our favor. And, and one more thing before we get to the break. John Fetterman had his first campaign speech. And I, I, I just want to say, I don't think this guy's fit for the Senate. And you can count on us. Sorry, it's only in your left ear. To eliminate the filibuster, if you come out and step with us, we will be able to stand with you in D.C. I gave away the lieutenant governor governor in Pennsylvania, the only lieutenant governor in the history to do that. And let's, let's get some stuff done for America. Who would ever think that I would be... The normal, the normal one in the race area. And even his, uh, his his girlfriend or his wife or whoever it is is standing next to him, just kind of looking at him like, "What are you saying, honey?" But if you miss that, you only have one headphone in. I mean, put your second headphone in the audio clip. That's how great the audio was on his rally, by the way. He spoke for like three minutes, and I'm really not sure how he's doing. 
We know he had a stroke. We know it was a, a bad stroke, and I'm glad he's okay. I'm glad he's alive. I'm glad he's out on the campaign trail. But really, really, John Fetterman, when do you put yourself or stop putting yourself before your party and before your state? If he's so important to his state that he is going to put himself through these health challenges to run, maybe it's time to allow someone else, frankly, allow someone else to to run in that position. He, he wasn't the only person to join the primary. He wasn't the only primaried person, right? So, so how is this going to work? How, how is if something happens to him and he actually drops out? How does that work? I believe the time to, for political parties to throw out the nomination of someone was uh, yesterday. So I don't believe he can do that now. So his party's pretty much, well, well here, here we go. Let's run with him. Let's hope he's, he's okay. I, I don't know how it's going to work. I hope he survives. I hope he's okay. But come on. That's dangerous, especially for the state of Pennsylvania that's so close. Don't believe he can really run for president or run for Senate if he can't speak, right? I don't think he can do these things that he's supposed to do. So how is he supposed to run? How is he supposed to represent a state as diverse as Pennsylvania and as close as Pennsylvania? It's a close race. If he doesn't debate, he's going to lose. Dr. Oz has caught him out on that. So that is John Fetterman's speech, if you heard it. Without, uh, with your one earbud. Sorry about that. That wasn't my audio clip. I didn't compile it. So anyways, when we return, tonight is primary night in Alaska and Wyoming. I believe those are the only two states. And two big primaries for Trump-endorsed candidates. There's uh, Ariet Hegman in Wyoming running against Liz Cheney. There is uh, Tabishka running against uh, Murkowski in Alaska for Senate, obviously, and there was Sarah Palin afterwards. And, and their primaries are so wild, so wonky. I'm not really sure if if there's even a shot for Tobishka to take down Murkowski. We'll talk about that when we return here on the Conservative Crusader on the Red Future Radio Network, GOPJosh.com, RedFutureRadio.com. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Tonight, our Alaska listeners and our Wyoming listeners are out going out to vote in their respective primaries, one of which is a major Senate primary, one of which is a major congressional primary. There's actually two congressional primaries on the ballot. There are two primaries, two big challenges. Liz Cheney's gone, and we're going to use a button I haven't used in a while. Liz Cheney is gone. She is out of there. She is going to lose her primary. Pretty much fate that she will lose her seat. And that's what happens when you go against not only your party, but your principles. And I really don't think it's that big of a deal if you go against your party occasionally. But she is not a a conservative Republican person. She was in leadership at one point. She was number three in the party. And now Harriet Hagman is taking over for her in that seat in Wyoming, obviously not number three in the party. That is now Elise Stefanik, but it is what it is, and she's out of here. I mean, she'll, as I said yesterday, 
Liz Cheney, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you because you're out of there. And I, I'm so excited. She, she's getting taken down by Harriet Hagman, who is a conservative Republican Trump supporter endorsed by President Trump. She is uh, the lone Wyoming member of the House. She has cemented herself as one of the most vocal anti-Trump members of Congress, and people are saying her, her fate is sealed. It is the state that delivered Trump his widest margin of victory in the 2020 election, and she went right against him. She does not represent her state. Now, this is where a question I kind of asked Jeremy Majewski during our interview went in, is how would you vote on certain issues? And he said, however, my constituents tell me to vote. When you deliver President Trump the largest margin of victory out of any state, something tells me your constituents like President Trump and what he has to say and what he has to do. But she personally put her personal politics, her family name, above her her constituents, the people who truly represent her and she's supposed to represent. So she's out of there. Harriet Hagman will be taking that seat. I support Harriet Hagman in this race. I'm very excited for her. She's going to win by like over 50%. Liz Cheney, throw her out of there. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you, Miss Cheney. She is the only, she is the last of six House Republicans to seek re-election after their impeachment vote last year. Only two, Representative David Valadio and Dan Newhouse, have sex, uh, successfully fended off their primary challenges. Uh, Jamie Hara Bueller, Peter Meyer, Tom Rice, all lost to Trump-endorsed challengers. Cheney's chances of re-election also seem pretty slim, according to polling cited by 538. Those surveys of the rare race are sparse, and Cheney insists she still has a shot. All right, Liz Cheney, see you out of there. In we, in, we have Alaska. Voters on Tuesday will be making a bit of a history. They have scrapped its party-line primaries in favor of a top-four system where every candidate competes together and has implemented a ranked-choice voting system for general elections. This is where I'm saying that um, Lisa Murkowski's out. So so we have this, this primary where any person, no matter their party, can vote for any person on the ballot. Uh, they could pull a, a Democratic ballot if there was such a thing and vote for Kulik Tabishka if, if they wanted. Anyone can vote for any primary, which is a jungle primary. It's a mess. It, it's absolutely, it takes away the purpose of political parties and it takes away the purpose of organizing people based on party. And it takes away the ability for people of a party to make their decision on who they want to represent their party as primaries are intended to do. It's just completely anti-American, completely a mess. But even worse is the top four system. So let's say Kelly Tabishka makes it to the top four. Lisa Murkowski right behind her. All of the other candidates can support their fellow candidates now. Support Lisa Murkowski and take her over that hump. And she will win the primary. And if she loses, or I'm sorry, this takes them to the general. So there's ranked choice voting at that point. They can say, well, I like Kelly Tabishka, but just in case I like Lisa Murkowski or I like... Candidate three, who's a Democrat, but Lisa Murkowski is a good second choice. So if, if number three doesn't reach 50%, their their voters will be transformed over to the other candidates. It's a mess. It's hard to explain over audio, and it's hard to explain without a visual. But that's what they're using in that state, which could also cause uh, Sarah Palin to lose, too. They're doing anything they can to stop Republican candidates in a Republican stronghold. But we'll see where this goes. But in this case, tonight is not the night that will determine whether Lisa Murkowski loses or not. She's pretty much guaranteed to win in the top four. 
what will really matter is this November where she will leave. She's, she's still going to be a Republican on the ballot. She's going to be on the ballot either way. We have to see what happens later on in the year. So this isn't the day that will decide Lisa Murkowski's fate. That will happen in a little bit. And we'll follow that every single episode here on the program. But Sarah Palin, I hope she wins her primary. And this is a special election, so she wins her primary. They have a general election in November, and she's in Congress. And I believe that general election is is basic. I don't really know. I don't know that much about Alaska. But we're following that as closely as possible on the program. So Lisa Murkowski possibly out of there. Sarah Palin probably in there. And uh, Liz Cheney might as well have already packed her bags out of her Washington, D.C. home. So we have a bit of an Ohio story before I move on a little bit with Jim Jordan. The first time an Ohio story has been positive in a while. Jim Jordan is likely to be the next Speaker of the House. He's gaining support. For my money, the best person to be Speaker of the House would be Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio. Representative Matt Gates said during an interview with Fox News Digital at the Conservative Political Action Conference in Dallas, our base trusts him. He is the hardest working, most talented member. Gates prefers the, veteran, uh, prefers the Urbana conservative over current House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, whom Gates is not, is said is not trusted by conservatives. Uh, McCarthy topped him in a matchup in 2018, 159-43. That's light years ago by political standards. Gates even went further during a live interview with Steve Bannon during CPAC, saying that if McCarthy didn't support conservatives' plans to upend Washington, quote, he should not be the leader of the Republican conference. That spurred Bannon to speculate about Jordan's chances to become a speaker. Gates and Jordan are appearing jointly in the Hold Biden Accountable Tour. Their latest stop was set for Saturday in Pensacola. Jordan, who could be in line to chair the House Judiciary Committee if Republicans seize the majority, said he would support McCarthy for Speaker. Trump did not endorse McCarthy for Speaker. He is, he, McCarthy has destroyed the trust of average Ohioans. I mean, he, he really isn't trusted by the, these are people. He's not trusted by not only Ohioans, but Americans. He's not trusted by conservatives. He has led us astray many too many times. One too many times in particular with his recording saying we need to get Trump out of there. So, you know, I've been kind of skeptical of Jim Jordan. I'm a skeptic of all politicians. But I have his name on my wall, on my Keep America Working sign up there. I met him. I have a photo with him. He's a great man. He was very kind to me. I wish he would have done more as a, as a congressman. I wish he would have passed more bills, got more things done, rather than just going on Fox News. But that's what the speaker does. I mean, what he does is pretty perfect for the position of speaker. Jim Jordan for speaker. Let's see it. Maybe someone else will come out and be a Paul Gosar. But Jim Jordan should be our speaker at this point. He's the only one that's really capable of leading our, our caucus forward. And I'm a, I'm a Republican. I may support some independents. I may be having some independents on the program, but I'm a Republican. And our caucus needs to be led forward by someone who supports our caucus, supports our values, and that is Jim Jordan in that race. Senator Raphael Warnock has collected tens of thousands of dollars in campaign donations from political action committees funded by corporations this election cycle, records show. At the same time, the Georgia Democrat said he has never taken a dime of corporate money and pledged not to do so. Warnock's campaign took $29,600 during the first and second quarters of 2022 from Democrat leadership PACs that have turned in uh, that have in turn accepted $1.6 million from corporate-backed PACs since 2003, according to Federal Election Commission records reviewed by the Daily Caller News Foundation. Quote, 
I made the decision to reject corporate PAC money, so I'm fully relying on grassroots folks like you to power our re-election campaign to victory. Warnock's campaign wrote in a fundraising email Wednesday, AmeriPAC, which is tied to Maryland's Rep. Steiny Hauer, gave $5,000 to Warnock's campaign in June, filing show. The leadership PAC has gotten $373,000 since 2003 from PACs from, for Google, CVS, Lockheed Martin, General Electric, and Pfizer. Pfizer, in particular, is important. Green Mountain PAC, which is the leadership PAC for Vermont Senator Patrick Leahy, has donated $2,500 to the senator's campaign in March, filing show, received $489,250 uh, from PACs from General Dynamic, Northstrop, Grumman, AT&T, Microsoft, uh, Lockheed Martin, uh, Microsoft, uh, like I said, uh, Deloitte, Google, Comcast, and Pfizer. So why is he currently... Lying to his constituents. And this is the big thing. Rules for thee, not for me. Politics for me, not for thee. But he is out openly out there campaigning saying, I am not taking a dime of corporate PAC money. All my money is raised by you. Then why is he taking the money? Why doesn't he stop taking the money? It's that simple. Because average Georgians, average people in the state of Georgia might not like Raphael Warnock. He's not a popular guy. He's a wife abuser. He's not a good guy. I'm I, I'm not confident that Herschel Walker will take him down, but I'd like to see him take him down. I truly would. We'll see where this goes. We'll see if he takes him down. He should be, frankly. He should be taken down right away. And policies that he supports are kind of like this one right here where Minneapolis teachers' unions' agreed agreement stipulates white teachers to be laid off first, regardless of seniority. An agreement between the Minneapolis Federation of Teachers' Union and the school district states that white teachers will be laid off before teachers of color, regardless of their seniority. This agreement, which was reached to end a two-week teacher strike last spring, said that starting the school year, if accessing a teacher who is a member of the population underrepresented among licensed teachers in the state, the district shall access the next least senior teacher who is not a member of the underrepresented population. Accessing teachers is the process by which staff are reduced at a particular school due to a drop in enrollment, funding, or other reasons. The agreement goes further on to say that when instating members, uh, the district shall prioritize the recall of a teacher who is a member of the un- un- a population underrepresented among licensed teachers in the district. So, who are teaching your kids, folks? Because the teachers' unions are led by the teachers. That's why they're the teachers' union, the education associations, whatever they're called. Similar things are going on with the teachers' union in, in Columbus, Ohio right now. where They are striking to have whatever their agreements are. They're not ma- meeting a, an agreement with the Columbus City Schools Board. But what what are they teaching your kids? Why are they to the point where if you are a certain race, you are exempt from the rules? Or if you are a certain race, the rules are applied to you more strictly. And if you are a teacher who happens to be born with less melatonin than others, well, by by, by gone it, you better be fired right away. You better be taken down, take out of there, this and that. Why do the people who scream racism, racism, racism commit the most acts of racism, racism, racism? This is racism 101. This is the the foundation of 
MLK's movement is that people aren't to be discriminated based of, uh, on the color of their skin. You know, it's reverse racism. Reverse racism isn't real racism. If you're being discriminated by a race, if you're being discriminated because of your race, I should say, that is racism. Shame to the Minneapolis Teachers Union. Shame to people who pay taxes in Minneapolis. There needs to be a severe wake-up in that, in that state, which is the only state that did not vote Republican, I believe, in the, um, pardon me, in the election with, uh, yeah, uh, I, I can't think, Ronald Reagan, duh. I, it's been a long day, <laughs> so it's a joke. Truly is needs to be some change in Minnesota. A lot to do, and it's racism. That's blankly what it is. If they don't support racism, why do they support racism? Frankly, that's what it is. It's obnoxious. It's 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 exactly racism. So so Jeffrey Tubin is gone. He's uh, he is leaving CNN. Our last story for the day. Just the day that Liz Cheney's losing her job as well. Longtime CNN legal analysis Jeffrey Tubin announced a split with the network late Friday afternoon, only 14 months after CNN welcomed him back following the infamous Zoom incident that turned his reputation and embarrassed the network. While Tubin announced he decided to leave CNN, many feel he wasn't exactly given a choice, given the new CNN CEO, Chris Liked, is thought to be attempting to tamp down uh, Spectatal and, record, and restore the network's credibility. If anyone brought spectators to CNN, it was Tubin. The legal pundit was uh, was um, doing his deed during a Zoom meeting with his New, York, uh, New Yorker colleagues and subsequently fired by the magazine. CNN did not fire him, just put him on a lengthy leave of absence when it was controlled by Jeff Zucker, who was forced out himself earlier this year. A longtime media industry insider with ties to CNN doesn't believe the Friday news dump announcement was Tubin's decision. He was almost certainly pushed out. And frankly... Their finances aren't in the best place since Trump's out of office. They're they're getting their money ready to hire Liz Cheney, folks. She has to have a job to keep bashing Trump every single day. So she's going to get hired on as a contributor at CNN. Maybe she'll even do one of her the, the CNN Plus shows. Oh, wait, that's gone as well. Just like this program is gone for the day. Because my folks, as we head out of the day today, probably Thursday for a new program, which is obviously the 18th. Thank you all for listening for this special edition on the Red Feature Radio Network on the Conservative Crusader because our state and our country need to be saved. Once again, my condolences to Neil Peterson's campaign for his loss and not not even loss, just the ability, the inability to compete. So I'm sad for his campaign. I wish he would have had a chance and I wish there's a chance for our state to be saved this election. I don't believe there is. But this is my final invitation. I dislike every candidate equally now. Between all of them, between, uh, uh, what's her name, uh, Nan Whaley and uh, Mike DeWine, I, I dislike you both equally because I don't believe either of you can lead the state. I'll host a debate. Email me, josh at jpjosh.com. Let me have a debate between Mike DeWine and Nan Whaley. And that's plain, that simple. But I digress. My name is GOP Josh. This has been the Conservative Crusade on the Red Feature Radio Network. GOPjosh.com, redfeatureradio.com, patreon.com slash Josh, and stay tuned. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. 